0: When you can realize that the voice of the inner critic is not your own, Mm -hmm. you can start to change your relationship to the inner critic and the inner advocate. Yeah. Because oftentimes what I find with myself and also with clients is we we bring the inner advocate all the way down. We turn their volume to zero as much as we possibly can. But we crank up the volume on our inner critic for every little thing. Mm-hmm. And and wedding planning, oh my gosh, this is a milestone event. That napkin is in place properly. The whole thing is done. <laughs> right? That cognitive distortion of minimizing and like maximizing certain things, I think. But just...
1: Yeah, yeah. Catastrophizing almost. Yes, yes, yes.
0: Yes. We put so much pressure on ourselves. But oftentimes that first time came from somebody else and you just perpetuate it again and again and again and again.
1: Hi, I'm Biz Cush, a life coach and therapist and your host here on the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. We're talking to women all over the world who found their way back to themselves, to their inner knowing, to their intuition, to their wisest self. We're exploring how to feel alive, authentic, engaged, and fully present in your life. Let's awaken your wise woman. How often do you give yourself permission to rest? I know there was a time that I pushed through no matter how exhausted I was because resting meant I'd be anxious, resting meant I'd feel overwhelmed because I was thinking of all the things I should or shouldn't be doing. And it was exhausting to not rest, and yet I couldn't give myself that permission. And today, we are going to talk to Jordan Maney about all the reasons why rest can be so difficult for all of us. I'm your host, Biz Cush, and this is my podcast, and I'm so happy that you're here, because I think we all need to rest a little bit more. So I hope you'll get a lot out of this conversation. But I also know for me personally, as a highly sensitive woman or a woman with high sensitivity, I require more rest than the average person. I need downtime. I need quiet time where my body and my brain can recharge and feel refreshed. And if you've ever wondered whether you are highly sensitive or have high sensitivity traits, you can check out my new quiz on the website at com. Right there at the top of the page on the left-hand side, there's a button you can click and it'll take you right to the quiz. And when you enter your email address, you'll be added to my email list, but you'll also get your results for the quiz. And I think it's pretty great, but I'd love to hear your feedback too, if you do take the quiz. So if you struggle with resting or struggle with giving yourself permission to rest, oh, you will get so much out of this conversation that Jordan and I have. We really touch on all the things that might be holding us back from that permission to rest and what comes up when we even consider it. Her wisdom around what keeps us from resting, what drives us to continue to push through when we need rest, was so insightful. And really, she's just such a beautifully balanced human, and I just love talking to her. But here's a little bit more about Jordan. As the Radical Joy Coach, Jordan helps Bleeding Heart creative business owners learn to be advocates for themselves and their communities through the practice of rest. Jordan has coached business owners from a variety of industries like public relations, life coaching, floral design, event planning, copywriting, and local government learn how to rest, dream, and impact. Having spent four years lovingly disrupting the wedding industry as a planner and advocate of marginalized couples, she pivoted exclusively towards rest and joy coaching with an equity lens in 2020. She's been featured in New York Magazine, Yahoo!, ATTN, Oprah Magazine, San Antonio Magazine, and Martha Stewart Living. She currently serves on the Lyft Fund's Women's Business Center Advisory Board in San Antonio. Let's jump into my conversation with Jordan all about rest. Hi, Jordan, and welcome to the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you and have you share so much of your wisdom and knowledge. But before we jump into that, for listeners who don't know who you are, could you share a little bit about yourself? Hey,
0: y'all. My name is Jordan Maney. I am based in San Antonio, Texas. I used to be a wedding planner which I think always fascinates people when I tell them I'm a rest coach. Like, how did you get there? But through the process of burning myself out and burning myself down alongside my business, I really had to rebuild my self-confidence. I really had to rebuild how I serve and all of that process of going from over giving overvaluing the opinions of other people over my own, over giving into that inner critic versus my inner advocate, all of that, even though it came from a painful place, I've been able to develop a framework for helping other people get out of that burnout, get out of that place, and build a business and life that is sustainable and full of rest and joy. So I'm Super excited to get into this
1: conversation with you today, Elizabeth. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here, Jordan. And I just want to say, for me personally, I shared this before we got started, that I met you through my coaching membership with Lee. And what I remembered coming away from, from that training was your just the calm energy that you exude. And I remember coming away from that training, like thinking like, if I could go to all my trainings with this energy, I'd learn so much more. I would take away so much more. And I just appreciate that that's where you are in the space with me today too. I really, really do. So from wedding planner to rest coach. Yeah. Can you share a little bit more about that journey and what brought you here?
0: Oh, I can share a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So what happened was I built a business essentially for the validation of other people. Mm -hmm. I knew I could serve well as a wedding planner and been in the wedding industry for some time before I started my business at the ripe age of 25. What was I thinking Mm. But what I didn't have when I built that business was a set of boundaries. I didn't have a set of beliefs in myself that I was deserving of rest and breaks. I just moved and did everything for that sense of just tell me I'm a good girl. Mm-hmm. Give me that affirmation that I'm not providing myself. And so... The worst thing you can do as a business owner is lead a client through an experience without setting expectations, without setting any boundaries to protect yourself and to protect them. And for a while, that was okay that I went through it. I would get burned out from each and every wedding and oftentimes not because of the client, just because of the way that I was serving. Mm -hmm. And finally, it got to a head where I was giving too much. I was giving too much. I was giving too much of my time. I was giving too much of my expertise, too much of my service. I really wanted to impress this client. And I wasn't sitting with the fact that there was nothing that I could do to impress this client. Mm -hmm. I had not set boundaries. I had not set expectations. And much like a rom-com movie now it's comedic now what is that quote comedy is tragedy plus time (laughs) (laughs) in 2018 I had an experience and so did this client we were not a good fit for each other but I was pushing so hard for that validation I was pushing so hard to like impress them that I just I really just went too far Mm. and they ended up not having a good experience with me. I ended up not having a good experience with them. And while it was happening, my mom was there. It was so. It was kind of cosmic in way because, you know, when you start a business and your family is kind of like, "What are you? What is it that you do? You're a what?" Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. She got to see what the work was like. Mm. And I'm having this moment. I had her as an assistant. And I had another assistant with me who had been in the wedding industry with me for a while and was a close friend. And I'm just having this out of body experience where I'm like, is this really what I want to do? Do I want to plead for validation? Do I want to betray myself over and over and over again by not communicating what I need? Do I want to keep putting myself in positions where people can be verbally abusive. Right? Yeah. Do I wanna keep doing this? And I had a moment where I could feel the panic rising up. And my mom just gave me this this beautiful pep talk where she was like, I see you. I see the work that you're doing. Please do not doubt yourself. You're doing a great job. But got through that and had to Evaluate the thing that I don't think people really think about when they talk about burnout is they want that quick fix. Yeah. Want to be in this anymore. I want this to be done. Tell me what I need to do right now so that tomorrow I won't feel it anymore.
2: Mm. And
0: what was so fascinating about that was there's no quick fix to burnout. You have to take the time to really create a gentle landing for yourself and I had to reevaluate i had to evaluate a lot of things and look at the way that i was serving the people that i was attracting into the business and also not just the way that i was serving is this the service that i want to provide other people and mm. so that was 2018 wow. so it went to 2018 2019 i was like i don't know what it is that i'm going to do after this year but i think this is the last year that i'm taking in wedding clients because it's not just the way I serve it's this model that I have it's I can't do this anymore yeah and so 2019 I took a new clients I felt like I was building up confidence again in myself that I I'm a good wedding planner I did a great job I had great clients and then 2020 happened mm. it's like it happened to everybody wow and instead of panic this is how I knew I was like oh it's time I felt relief. Mm. I, it was a week before my first wedding of the season, and I felt immediate relief.
3: Wow.
0: And sometimes that's the sign that you didn't know that you needed when the thing that you spend so much time, energy, anxiety around gets taken off the plate when it feels like, oh, yes. you can exhale. That's fine,
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. And, and so it's been really beautiful to pivot. I think very gracefully, as gracefully as I get away from wedding planning and speak to service providers who I call bleeding hearts, mm-hmm. change makers with bad boundaries, <laughs> people who really care about the world and want to change how we are with each other, the culture, society policies, how we treat one another, but oftentimes we're so good at advocating for others, but we are not practiced at all at advocating for ourselves. Yeah. And so I know that I speak directly to that group of folks, who the Leslie Nope's from Parks and Rec, the <laughs> Girl Scouts, the Student Council Presidents, like oh, organized, yeah. always helping others, always giving, always giving but we, we have not defined what enough is. And mm. getting into that place of recognizing, hear it all the time, you gotta know your why. Why are you certain, why are you certain? I think for, for bleeding heart, for these types of service providers, the second question is you have to know what enough is. Yeah, yeah. And you get to define that. And oftentimes when you are going into a space of burnout, it's because enough has been defined for
1: you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or we're interpreting what we think everybody thinks is enough, right? Yeah. Because I think for myself, looking back to when I started my therapy business, well, even my coaching business, but I can remember having this conversation, like, well, my husband was having a conversation with me. I have mm-hmm. my laptop and I'm looking, you know, and I'm like madly, whatever I was doing. And he looked at me he's like, you know, most people in business do take time off. Like yeah. you can't be doing this 24 seven.
2: Yeah.
1: And I of course was like, yeah, yeah, you know know what you're talking about until I realized I couldn't be doing it all the time. Like it was okay to take a day off and not think about like put it truly aside I mean that's taken me a long time though to, yeah, to really practice. whoops to really for the most part let it go when I say I'm off
0: mm-hmm. and it's such a practice because all of the messaging we get around even just business ownership is like hustle crime you got it 24 hours a day blah 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 blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And what I find is most of my clients, the conversation around burnout is always about being productive again at work. What do we need to teach you so that you can be productive again at work? And with bleeding heart, you'll probably be productive in your sleep. (laughs) From the grave, you'll probably be like, oh, there's one more thing I could do. You're (laughs) a driven person. It's never a question of will you be productive again? But I always come to this moment, especially in discovery calls, where a client is like, okay, so yes, I need to rest. But what if I like it and I like it so much that I never am productive mm-hmm. again? Wow. Yeah. Which is so fascinating to me because I know who I'm talking to, right? You'll be yeah. productive tomorrow. <laughs> right. You'll be productive in an hour. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be productive again. It's not the fear of not being productive. It's what is the fear of actually just resting? Because rest is productive, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Incredibly productive. Yeah. Yeah. But this fear that will I ever get up again if I lay down?
0: Yeah. And what is that? What is, and that I think, I think for the first year that I was doing this, I was using, we were talking earlier about peeling back the layers and how delicate that process is yeah i was using language as if you know we were in the center we have peeled away many layers and you can't use that language yet
2: Mm.
0: you got to get people to the water a little bit you can't make them drink but you got to lead them to water and so i say burnout recovery right for the people that i'm talking to there's something underneath that burnout it's not just Your relationship to your business your relationship to how you serve it's your relationship to you Mm
2: -hmm.
0: yes why is it that you feel it's okay for you to help but not be helped yeah why is it okay for you to feel like you can advocate for others but you can't advocate for yourself Mm. what's underneath that right and so oftentimes people think oh it's just about just about work and I'm like, okay, let's talk about that. But then we get back to that question of like, well, if I, if I lay down, right, I might not get back up again.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But what is that? What is the laying down? What is the, what is the pause? What is the stopping actually mean to you? Because if I stop giving the way people expect me to, maybe they won't think I'm valuable anymore. Mm-hmm. If I don't serve at the level that I have served, maybe people won't come to my business anymore. They'll think something is wrong with me. Right. There's always something underneath the conversation of burnout that I found with bleeding heart. Yeah. Or it's not really about productivity and it's really not about just exhaustion, but it's about how we treat ourselves and then how we teach other people to treat us.
1: Well, it's so interesting just hearing you talking about this, the like sort of what's under that, the layers, which I find in both therapy and coaching, it really is this very gentle process of sort of peeling back and looking at what parts got activated by that sense of like, is it rest? But two, what I was thinking about was if I'm nice to myself, if I'm kind Mm -hmm. to myself, will I ever achieve enough because I'm just giving myself a pass. You know, I've got to yeah. give myself the whip if I'm going to really be productive yeah. enough. It has to hurt. Yeah. Which you don't want to hurt other people ever. Right. I mean, especially as yeah. bleeding hearts, as helpers, healers, yeah. like we strive to be kind and good to others and help others. And yet to turn that to ourself. Yeah. And be very, I think, can bubble up a lot of stuff that, that would uncover more than just the burnout.
0: There's a source to it, right? Mm -hmm. And what I, again, very delicate, very gently, what I hope to help clients lead them to is that that source for that idea of like the whip, the source, that idea of like, it has to hurt. Yeah. It didn't come from you. So where did it come from? Right. And when you can realize that the voice of the inner critic is not your own, Mm -hmm. you can start to change your relationship to the inner critic and the inner advocate. Yeah. Because oftentimes what I find with myself and also with clients is we, we bring the inner advocate all the way down we turn their volume to zero as much as we possibly can yeah but we crank up the volume on our inner critic for every little thing
2: mm-hmm.
0: and in wedding planning oh my gosh this is a milestone event that napkin is in place properly the whole thing is done <laughs> right that cognitive distortion of minimizing and like maximizing certain things I think but just
1: yeah yeah catastrophizing almost yes yes yes
0: yes we put so much pressure on ourselves but oftentimes that first time came from somebody else and we just perpetuate it again and again and again and again yes to the point where we're on our computer hours that we wouldn't normally be on and our loved ones are like you know you can take a break right
1: (laughs) Remember I'm here.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you yeah. could we could spend time together and mm-hmm. I think another aspect of that fear of the pause, that fear of just like laying down
2: mm-hmm.
0: is so often we spend a lot of our time holding up other people, saying, Here, here's space for you, I wanna give, here here's this extra thing, especially as service providers. Yeah. Right. But the idea that if I lay down, I'm going to have to rely on someone else holding me.
3: Mm. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. And who wants to be met with the fear? Really, exactly what I felt in 2018 is if I lay down, will people hold me the way that I've held them? Yeah. Who wants to be met with that fear where it's like, oh, no, I don't have it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: powerful. And so rather than confront that, the possibility that they might not, you just kind of keep pushing, pushing, pu- pushing the burnout down, down the road. Mm-hmm. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Just once I get through this conditional thing, then I'll, you know, take vacation or whatever. And we create that type of relationship, carrot and the stick, and we just, Keep going, going, going. Five years later, we're wondering why we have like really physical symptoms are showing up. Yeah. In a way that they hadn't before. Yeah. I mean, it it takes a toll, right? Yeah. It takes a toll. But how beautiful it is when you can just, even, I I don't even want to say trust, because that takes time. But chance. Hmm. Just take the chance that the friend that you talk to every week or whatever is going to show up in conversation for you the way that you show up in conversation for them. Yeah. That people want to help. Yeah. Just take, just take that chance and see. Yeah. Because more often than not, what happens is this realization that you have loved ones, friends, community. That's willing to hold you..
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You just have to ask.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And too, you may learn that there are people that aren't willing and mm-hmm. that's something to know as well, right? I mean yeah. in terms of relationship, but also business partnerships, whatever it is mm-hmm. that it can't always be one-sided the mm-hmm. the the giving. But that sense of holding back without ever asking, we won't ever know, right? Yeah. Yeah. You won't know till you
0: ask. And what I really love with clients is the recognition, because again, bleeding hearts, these are givers. Yeah. These are people who have a transcendent quality of empathy and love and kindness
2: mm-hmm. that
0: inspires other people around them one of my and i'm trying to get choked up because i'm so oh gosh
2: mm-hmm.
0: one of my favorite moments working with clients is when they have that realization of like oh i think we have this fear that there's there's not going to be anybody in the room when we open that door of hey i need help
3: yeah
0: and then the realization when they open the door and see so many people waiting for them. It's mm. like, oh, I've been waiting for you to say, yes. say something. Yes. I'm here for you. That exhale, that, mm. oh. And there's um, there a show I absolutely love with Kate Winslet in it, Mayor of Easttown, that came out a couple years ago. Love that show. And I don't know if you... <laughs> do you remember the scene at the end? I'm not giving anything away. Where one character... Leans into Kate like Kate opens her arms to give her a hug,
3: yeah.
2: and at
0: first it's just that you know casual hug, yeah. And then the character, it's as if Kate's arms are saying, "No, seriously, I I am here to hold you." Yeah. And that character just melts. falls over, yeah, yeah. melts into <laughs> her, and she's holding her all the way down to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Such a beautiful scene, mm. but and I've got goosebumps talking about That's it right now. So you, me too. <laughs> I think that for bleeding heart, it's the realization that as much love as we put into the world, there's just as much love to hold us up to. We just have to open our mouths. That's it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There are people in the room. Yeah. Well, and just personally speaking from experience of being a, well, a giver, a bleeding heart, a, but also from which listeners know that a trauma history where I felt like I had to be armored against the world basically, even though I'm not sure people would say that about me, but I knew like I'm sharing just enough or not asking quite enough for what I really need Mm -hmm. until more recently in my life. But yeah, to know that when you do open the door to sort of that more vulnerable connection of asking for help and receiving it. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's,
0: it's so beautiful. And the most recent example I have of this for myself personally was in December, getting ready for Christmas with the family and my mom, my dad, and I got COVID like the thing that we'd been avoiding forever. And then like, it just happened and so it was so interesting because so many people were like how can I help can I help let me know if you need anything you know that thing we say yeah let me know if you need anything and my friend Allison Clifford was like I was like no I'm good I'm good I'm good my friend Allison was like you're going to let me help you <laughs> so tell me something give me something and I was like can you pick up books at the libraries i have something to do and she did and mm-hmm. then my mm-hmm. uncle was here and he was like please let me help you what how can i help and he like dropped off stuff so that i could like make soup and it just became like this yeah. like list of things where mm-hmm. clients were like how can we help what do you need just because you're willing to communicate it and i know like from my very baptist background the word becomes flesh, right? Uh And you hear like words are, your words are magic and they really are. And I really feel like the thing that gets unlocked, the process and the transformation for clients is going into this thinking, I'm going to learn these uh, burnout prevention skills and I'm going to be fine. It's going to be great. But on the other side of it, which you really learn is how to advocate for yourself by opening up your mouth by communicating your needs and saying, hey, this is how the process works for me client, or this is what I need from a collaborative partner, but just getting into that practice of saying, this is what I need and that's okay. Yes,
3: yes, yes,
0: yeah. Because I think for myself and for others, the idea that if we say what we need, somehow that makes us more vulnerable, Or people will tell us no or think that we're silly. There's a real fear around communicating what's necessary. So we just end up burying it. And it can create a real resentment with your clients.
2: Oh, my gosh.
0: It can create resentment in any relationship, honestly, when you don't have a communicated standard, but you're still holding people to it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. Don't they know that I don't do? No, they don't. Because you didn't say anything right right well he should know or she should know yeah they should know by now no <laughs> that's not how that works no but just oh. learning that process of, of dialing down the inner critic and amping up the inner advocate
3: yeah
0: i think is such a beautiful beautiful process and recognizing there are people in the room you've got even if it's just one you've got people there's someone that wants to help you and recognizing that there are more people that want to help you in this world that than want to harm you is really
1: oh it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. A beautiful yeah. thing. Well, and I hear so often with my particular clients that well, I don't want to ask because I don't want to be a burden, right? Like, oh, I don't oh God, want to yes. be a burden. And to shift that dialogue to say, well, when you're being asked for help, are you instantly saying, oh my gosh, that person is such a burden. And they're like, Mm-mm. of course not. That's my good friend. I'm like, hey, yeah. are you hearing this?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's that fear of, oh gosh, I don't want to. And it is so real. So, I mean, I've, I've pulled clients multiple times of like, is it the fear of not having community or is it the fear of leaning on community? And mm-hmm. so often, overwhelmingly, it's, I don't want to be a burden. Yeah. I, I don't want to be an inconvenience or a nuisance to anyone else. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. I'll just, that's, that's another task for me to add. It's yeah. another thing for me to do. It's okay. I don't, I don't want to bother anybody. Yeah. And then yet, just like you said, anybody, if a total stranger came to your door asking for help, more often you would find a way to help them. Not, be, it's not about being a burden, it's a fear around being seen in need
1: yes yes and maybe being rejected in that need too (laughs) exactly
0: (laughs) being rejected in that need
1: yeah
0: and also learning on the other side of that the more you can give yourself grace around what your capacity is and the way i define that is the energy attention and time available to meet a demand in your life Mm -hmm. the more that you can give yourself grace around that You can give grace to other people. So maybe someone doesn't have the capacity to meet you where you are right now. That doesn't mean that they won't later. It doesn't mean that you throw away the relationship. Yeah. The conversation. But when you're so used to just kind of like, okay, I'll take care of it. It's a real process to get to that place of saying, I can give grace to myself and I can give grace to others. And it's okay if, if it's not right now. I wish, but I can't. That's okay too. So it is it is really interesting just how connected something as nebulous, honestly, as rest is to all of these bigger things and dynamics that are happening to ourselves interpersonally.
1: Totally, totally. I know that's what we said right before we even started talking about this is that as you say, it's like you're just gently peeling it back because underneath there's so much, probably so much healing around all of those dynamics that need to happen. Yeah.
0: And what I find so interesting right now when we're seeing huge changes happening in like labor and work and business, how we conduct ourselves in business, Yeah. People are kind of like whispering and chittering around burnout. Mm. But we're not having a bigger conversation around what is underneath that. We all went through, I mean, technically we're still in it, but we all went through the really jarring and traumatic shift of, oh my God, we're in a pandemic. This is not just to me.
3: Right.
0: And I just remember as a wedding planner, I felt relieved, but I didn't want to communicate that to anybody else, especially other friends who were like, oh my God, sure. it was, we were running on a journal and just trying to take care of our clients who have been working with us for like 18 months to build this milestone moment they've been thinking about their whole life. Yeah. And at the time, the majority of my clients were queer couples. I'm based in San Antonio, and it's a pretty progressive city, but it's still Texas, mm-hmm. and that was who I mainly marketed to. And so it wasn't just a oh my god, our wedding. It was
1: like we were just able to get this, yes, and now we can't celebrate it in the way we want to want or, to. And yes, it's so it was, it was
0: never. I love logistics. I love I love creating a spreadsheet, but ninety percent of my job was emotional labor. Yeah. Right. And helping helping the client calm down and kind of regulate a little bit. And so I think the beginning we were all just kind of running on adrenaline, taking care of everybody else. Mm. Right. And then once it kind of quieted into, OK, we postpone them into next year, or what have you. It was, well, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the silence of that and how on social media we're all trying to be incredibly like everything's fine we're pivoting to other stuff here's a course like it was we're keeping a brave front yeah but underneath the panic of well i don't know i don't know the illusion of certainty and control just completely got obliterated overnight yeah. for a lot of us in different ways. and so it's so interesting seeing how some people have come to terms with that mm-hmm. and how a lot of people are still talking around that.
3: yeah.
0: oh, it's just burnout. I'll be fine.'ll I just I just need
1: like a weekend to myself and I'll be fine, right right. Um, I'll go on vacation. I'll come back. I'll be fine and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: A vacation is not going to heal. I, I think it's because no one wants to say the two words related to that pandemic of trauma and grief. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, oh, that thing that happened, that literally once in a lifetime event that happened to billions of us.
1: Right. That unprecedented historical event that just collective trauma that we all experienced yes of
0: like are we going to be able to get food uh like this the the true panic yeah of that moment and to kind of be like oh we're fine everything's normal and it's not and to know it's not and I've, I've said this to friends so often for the people who are able to be like wow this is big and this is impacting me in a big way and to kind of process that, watching so many others, neighbors, friends, colleagues who haven't, mm-hmm. it feels like watching a car drive 100 miles per hour into a brick wall in slow motion.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: This again and again, like, oh, we're fine. We're not. Yeah. yeah. We changed. A lot of things changed for us. A lot of those things changed without our control. And a lot of us are operating under that spirit and bear it we're fine we're fine but the that fear around rest Mm -hmm. is really a fear around what do you do in the silence when those bigger questions start to come up yeah what are we doing why are we doing it what do we want to be doing how do we want to live our life
2: Mm. yeah right yeah yeah
0: it's really easy to put that off yes and rest i call it a clarifier because rest is like no give it that silence answer those questions yeah you what's yeah. on the other side of that yeah and i think that that's a, a big portion of where that fear is if i lay down yeah when i get back up again i'm not going to be the same
3: mm. Mm.
1: It feels so, so, so important. And I also can feel how difficult it could be for, for clients that you work with and clients that I, you know, I'm always encouraging. Yeah, self-reflection, meditation, mindfulness. And it's like, well, <laughs> I don't want to be with my thoughts is what I mm-hmm. hear, <laughs> right?
0: I want to, especially when they're, they're just flooding in or not positive
3: yes yes
0: yes who wants to be in that that Mm -hmm. quiet Mm -hmm. it can feel really uncomfortable almost threatening like i don't want to i don't want to hear it i don't want to answer those questions right right but
1: the more we push those off the well at least for me the bigger my anxiety Mm -hmm. was and yeah that's not good and burnout develops and yeah all those questions get left unanswered well, Jordan, if you had a piece of wisdom that you felt was important to share to the listeners, what would Ooh. that be? I
0: would say that if rest, burnout, if it feels uncomfortable, if it feels just hearing the word give you like, oh, I don't know about that. The one question that I always like to challenge people with is who benefits from your unrest? Hmm. Who benefits from you feeling tired, angry, exhausted, unhappy, unmoored, uncentered, unfulfilled? Who benefits from that? And sitting with the answer to that question. I think is a great way to transform your 2023.
1: Nice. I love that. Love that. So if people wanted to know more about you and the work that you do and how to find you, how do they find you?
0: Perfect. So if you want to go to Jordan Maney, that's my name, J-O-R-D-A-N-M-A-N-E-Y.com, you can get connected to me there. I am most... Frequently on Instagram and LinkedIn. Okay. And that's at the Jordan Maney on Instagram, and it should be just Jordan Maney on LinkedIn. Love to have conversations and connect with folks. And if you want to get subscribed to my email list, the rest stop. Nice. (laughs) And you can do that on the website or any of those platforms as well. And talk about rest and give you some practical insight on how to get more of it.
1: Perfect. Love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've really, really enjoyed our conversation and I look forward to sharing it. Thank you so
0: much, Elizabeth. This was a great conversation.
1: Ooh, what an amazing, amazing, amazing conversation. I just loved talking to Jordan and hearing her insight about rest and before we even started recording the conversation, she was sharing that because rest is so interconnected, leaning into rest and our opening ourselves up to what it means to rest is so interconnected with so many other parts of our lives and the messages we've heard around the breast and the cultural messages we've heard around hustle and doing and being productive and, I know that I have learned over these last few years or 10 years of opening a business and being an entrepreneur that if I'm not taking time to rest, if I'm not taking time off, I don't love my job and I love my job. I want to love my job. I want to keep loving my job. So I've learned to actually take weekends off and not think about work for the most part and giving myself vacations and taking time away from work, but also resting throughout the day. As my workday progresses, resting throughout the day. So I thought her comment there at the end about who does it serve if you are not resting was really poignant and something maybe you will ask yourself too. So I will include uh, all of... Jordan's contact information in the show notes. But if you want to get those show notes delivered to your inbox, so you don't have to go looking for them, just sign up for my newsletter at elizabethcushcoaching.com forward slash sign up. And that is all one word sign up. And it's my name altogether, Cushcoaching.com forward slash sign up. Well, I hope that you will take some time to rest or consider what rest means in your life over these coming couple of weeks before we're back here on the podcast. But I look forward to connecting with you here then. Thanks for listening to the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Music by Andy Cush, sound editing by Laura Disler, and show notes by Kathy Cush. If you'd like more information about me, Biz Cush, and the resources shared today, go to awakenyourwisewoman.com.